I'm a horrible person. Correct. You're a terrible person. Uh, this is why we see you once a week. Can't believe that you're missing the mark on this. I, for the record, yeah. by the way, think that you're only a horrible person when you forget things like that. Otherwise, I think you're... Or when you butt-dial me. Do you know that you butt-dial <laughs> me? Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. I have a habit of spilling my beans right in the beginning. I'm going to use some Gen Z wordage here. Jumanji didn't slap for me this time. Does not slap. I'm not a fan of this. I'm looking for you guys to talk me off the ledge, but I think this is number two after Brave Little Toaster. It could be. This is not slap for me. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Well, I'm excited to go a different angle because as we were watching this movie, as much as I do still enjoy this movie for the adventure ride that it is, there are some questions that I found uh, ourselves both asking, pausing the movie, Googling, doing some deep dive research, going into theory, and trying to get an answer for this. Sarah, do you want to maybe explain a bit more? I don't think we made it more than like 10 or 15 minutes into this movie before we were talking about time travel and paradigms and all kinds of existential questions that we have about this movie that we cannot wait to get your opinions on. We, oh, we did some, right. we, like Eric said, we Googled, we read Reddit theories, um, and then we kept pausing the movie and going, wait, what, what, about, what about this part? And then adding to our theories and continuing to watch. I think this could be an interesting show then because, I mean, I was so angry that I didn't pay attention. So talk to me. Or... Oh. No, no, no. I, I feel like we have a little bit more in, into the theory of it. And, and if you are frustrated by one or many a thing, Jordan, I want to hear about that first. Because yes. I, I would agree that this movie doesn't really have a whole lot. And hold on, what's a better way that I, to put it that I was thinking? If this movie came out, this exact same movie came out today as is, it would get uh, hated on. More than it would get praised, I think. For what? Um, for stuff that I'm thinking that I don't want to say. People, people would bash it for the, its simplicity, and I. Although we've done the same thing on the show, I myself have included have done that for many other movies. Uh, there is a joy to that simplicity to that simplicity of a movie where you just are watching it for the adventure. This target audience, though, is is made for a family, like made for you know kids. It's based off of a kid's book, and you can't do that same practice to like an adult movie. You know, like a okay. Fifty Shades type of thing. Right. If you're, you're going to be playful, stay playful. This movie was playful. And in that realm right. of playfulness, a lot of things are forgiven. But uh, I can understand those gripes. Those What I'm saying is what people would complain about today. Because okay. I think that hate watching is a lot more popular now than it was back then. We, were, we have so many things to watch and people are oversaturated with a lot of things. And so they pick to hate watch. Is it just me thinking this? No, I, I don't understand hate watching anyway, by the way. I don't want to watch something that I don't like. It's not entertaining at that point. Uh, so hate watching to me is just it's stupid. I'm going to sit here for two hours and be mad. And uh, No, I mean like, okay, so let's, let, let's go with simplicity and then I guess more complicated. For me, I thought the movie was very boring. Uh, for 1995, I'm what, eight years old? 
I was bored. Uh, I wasn't bored then. I'm bored now. This nothing happens. I'm very bored with this movie. I don't like the characters <laughs> at all. I don't like the characters, and I don't like. Uh, do I want to say is it the correct word? The duality? No, it's not the duality between his dad and also the hunters played by the same actor. You know that no, kind no, of you're, thing. You're right. Or was I right on that? So it's like, and Robin Williams, anybody could have played this role. Hook was better than this movie. So when the kid at the very beginning, when the kid is riding his bike across the street, I told Eric that he kind of looks like Steve Carell. Like Steve Carell could have mm. subbed in for mm. Robin Williams' character very easily. Right. And he could have had the same movie. You I know, totally Any agree. sort of comedian, physical comedian would have done a great job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good paycheck movie because Robin Williams doesn't do full Robin Williams in this movie. He kind of plays the straight and narrow in this a bit more. It's, it's what the movie would require you to be. So that's why I think you you guys are correct. Any actor could kind of jump into this. With that being said, what do you think about Bonnie Hunt? Could you replace her? Or who's Bonnie Hunt? Sarah. Sarah Whittle. Uh, grown up Sarah Whittle. Grown up. Yeah, grown up Sarah Whittle. Mm-hmm. Or of course, um, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. A- everybody could be replaced. Yeah, um, yeah, everybody. I agree. She was fun. Uh, what's her name? Bonnie Sarah Sarah Whittle, the grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was fun because for the first five minutes, she was struggling with like saying, "Who are you, strange people?" Oh my God, blah blah. blah. She was struggling a little bit, so it kind of made me relate. But then after five minutes, she's kind of gave in. I'm just like, nah. You know, like a little bit more of a struggle. All right, hold on. How about David Allen Greer then? I'll throw you that ball. That could have been Chris Rock. That could have been Dwight from The Office since we're talking about Steve Carell. That could have been anybody. <laughs> you don't think that anybody that, could have played his role? But if anyone, okay, you're right. I guess it's just kind of medium kind of medium comedy that could have been put into this. Maybe not completely a token character there, Jordan. But I said it, Dwight too as well. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you mean. That an oddball, uh, someone who can just kind of play quirky for a few seconds on screen. Right, and the CG in this is god awful. It was nineteen ninety five. Uh, nineteen ninety one was Terminator two, and it still holds up today. So okay, fine. Um, it's biased. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um. I also am going to piss off a lot of our millennial generation folks and say that I think the Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle remake is better than this. You know, I was very pleasantly surprised when I watched that movie for the first time because Mm -hmm. I was ready to hate watch it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was so fun. The the actors, the way they play their characters, the way was it Jack Black is playing a teenage girl. Right, great. Um, did a fantastic job. I yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed the second one as much. Nobody um, does. But the the first one was good, and I, you know, kind of throwing in in my thoughts a little early. I've I've always enjoyed Jumanji. I've never hated it or anything um and so i was ready to hate the new the, the reboot um it's like you're you're not going to do it justice the original justice um right. as a, a an average reader i know the original book it's oh, been a while a since i read it it was a book it's a children's book um called jumanji by chris van alsberg who is a michigan native fun fact he's from grand rapids um and it's a much simpler book than it even is in the movie it's just judy and peter um sarah and alan aren't in it 
Oh, they're made uh, and it's up. just okay. it's just two kids who are playing the board game. And the same kind of things happen. There's a stampede. There's a monsoon. The monkeys um, in the kitchen. The monkeys. Yeah, it's very beautifully illustrated. If if Riley doesn't have these books, she should. Um, Chris Van Allsburg is a fantastic author, and they always have really beautiful illustrations. But anyway. So um, Alan and Sarah were, were written for the movie, but there was nobody sucked into the game that came out. Nope. None of that. Okay. No, I think Rolls on the Explorer... That I think was written for the movie, and then later carried on into the TV series. Yeah, was that was that a cartoon? TV right, that was, series. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It was a, a cartoon. Saturday oh. morning cartoon series. Yeah, and it and was. You're right. Go ahead. It was following. Trip me from right. It was following Alan as his escapades in the jungle. Yeah, it was where uh, uh, Judy and Peter they went into the jungles of Jumanji and had adventures in there. So when they're done with school, they can go hang out in the jungles of Jumanji with Alan and all the characters are there. Van Pelt is there, all the challenges of the jungle. But of course, because they are experts, they can navigate through the jungle uh, without any peril and just have adventures. There were three seasons of that. I don't think I've ever seen it. Cool beans. (laughs) No, so I walked into this pretty hyped. I was excited. Uh, We watched it on a Friday night. Oh, great. That was on Netflix. Um, and I said to my wife, hey, she can't see Barbie, but can't she, she, but can't she see Jumanji? She goes, yeah. Riley, Riley liked Jumanji. It kinda, I, I, I kind of watched it through her eyes, right? Because I was around that same age, seven, eight years old. And there were some parts you know, that she was bored with, like in the middle section. Uh, but yeah. she loved the animals. She loved the monkeys. You know, she she loved Van Pelt. His scream uh, in the uh, general store was hilarious to her. She was afraid of the spiders. She found it funny that Robin Williams got stuck in the in the floor, like little things. You know, I, I love when he gets stuck in the floor and the spiders are coming and he's going, <laughs> he's like blowing at them at the corner the, of his mouth. I think that's really funny. That's the Robin Williams part, right? Exactly. There. Yes. Right. All right, so um, right off the bat, the movie starts out like in 1899 or 1869 or whatever, and these two kids, we don't know who they are, buries this game that has drums. We don't know why. And now we jump 100 years later to 1969. I thought America progressed more in 1969, but I guess I'm wrong uh, because this is very, very white town. This is New <laughs> England, buddy. Right. Yeah, it's New Hampshire, but if you look at the factory, almost all the workers are African-American. I only saw the dude. David no, there's a bunch of them. I, it was okay. like predominantly black. Really? Okay. Yeah, because it was I like didn't... really in New wow. England. In New, New Over Hampshire. My head. <laughs> Over my head on that one, I guess. I'm sorry. Um, I guess what pissed me off was the shoe. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's talk about that. So kind of going, kind of messing up here. But there's this worker at the shoe factory owned by Parrish, and he's developing clearly these brand new Nikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are Nikes. And it's like in 1969, that's ridiculous. But that's the point, right? The point is that it's supposed to be a modern shoe in 1969. Yeah. Excuse, yeah. Uh, well, it's anyway. Relatable to, to, to kids. Right. It's like, Which, what would I with it? Again, a lot of this movie, don't mean to interrupt, but a lot of this movie will, will hit the beats of just keeping kids' attention. That's all it's designed to do. Right. Um, I was asking, waiting for the pumps. So... We get Alan Parrish, who's this rich kid who bullies pick on because 
Alan is friends with Sarah Whittle, who is allegedly dating some bully. And his dad owns the shoe factory, right? And then he stumbles upon this game that made me mad. Runs away from the bullies in the beginning of the movie and goes into a construction site. Nobody pays attention. Here's the bang of the drums. Nobody else hears but him. And it just so happens that they missed the game perfectly to make this big square for a foundation mm -hmm. for him to easily go and get this game and for him to take it. <sighs> okay, set up, right? It's a kid's movie. It's set up, right? We got to go with that. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? You got to go with it. Yeah. yeah. It's a kid's movie. You just go along with it. It's a magical journey and it's got to start somewhere, right? Right, right, right. Sometimes right. it starts this is the with a library card. If you know what <laughs> movie I'm talking about. Why isn't that movie part of the retrospective? Well, yeah, because I just realized I said to Gina, I was like, oh, my God, this is two Robin Williams movies that we three technically. He had a run like he was a great commercial character. He's voice actor as well as an on-screen presence. But just like you said before, this movie was bland. It, it just kind of wanted some reactions of people who there was a lot of yelling and screaming in this movie. Yeah, there mm -hmm. was. There was a lot of yelling. So Alan is mad because his father owns the shoe factory. That's not why he's mad, but his, but, his, but his father owns the shoe factory, his mom, we don't know what. And they're getting ready to go to a gala or a dinner. And the dad says to Alan, hey, bud, um, you're going to go to this all-boys school because that's what every guy in our family did. Alan's pissed. This is why I call BS. Wouldn't Alan know that all of the males and his family have gone to the school. Wouldn't he like want to go to the school? He's mad for some reason. I don't know why. I don't get his angst. I, that's my that's one. Of my I, I think that's that's what it what it is. Jordan is that he is also confused and he doesn't really kind of know what he wants to be, but he knows what he maybe doesn't want. You know, doesn't not want to be. You know, he knows he doesn't want to be this. He doesn't know maybe what he wants to be. Uh, in the future, but to say that he wants to be this tuxedo-wearing, gala-attending uh, person, he doesn't want to be that. And I think the rest of the movie, he takes that journey to figure it out. Uh, that's BS, because at the end of the movie, he is exactly that. He's just in a Santa costume. At one point, at the beginning, he says something about how he doesn't want to go to this school because he already get te gets teased enough for being a parish, and like the parish has kind of run the town. And so if he goes to this boarding school where his grandfather's name is on the building, it's Parish Hall, like that's not going to make him oh, popular. Right. It's not going to make him fit in any better. So why leave if if it's not going to change anything for him? Like he he doesn't want to live up to that legacy that his father and grandfather and everything expect him to. Now see that now Sarah to me that's nonsense to me as well as for the character because you would think that he would want to go to this because it seems like everything is given to him. You have to follow these steps in order for you to take over my factory. Right, but and, just as Sarah had said that he understands that his privilege is a curse. People look down on him because of his privilege. Obviously, that's why the boys are, you know, picking pick on him because he's friends with uh, so and so. And but that's what he he was saying, uh, or that's what uh, Sarah was saying about what he was saying to his parents that he feels that this is a a heavy burden. 
Right. Like, maybe he's sure. maybe he's fenced in. He's feeling like he can't be his own person because he always has to be a parish. Um, that he's you know destined to run the shoe business. Um, that he can't make his own his own choices. Um, and so he he's trying to kind of go against that. And I think by the end of the movie, he realizes, you know, this is the character growth, both in him and his dad, is realizing that just because you're a parish doesn't mean that's a bad thing. You know, understanding his father more after he kind of has to father Peter uh, through the movie. Um, And they kind of come to that understanding where, you know, we know that in the end, he does take over the shoe factory, but he's maybe kind of doing it in his own way and coming up with those ideas and and the guy who had the, the cool shoe in the 60s, um, you know, letting those cool ideas run through and and not just make the same thing all the time and making that company his own instead of doing it the same way his family has always done it. Is this part of those Reddit theories that you guys are talking about? Not a little bit we haven't even gotten close to that yet. oh yeah we, we haven't even gotten there yet actually although i will uh bring up one comment that i saw on there saying that um it was a great uh, way to tell the story because this is a a guy who we are introduced to as uh unable or scared of like, making the move on this girl crush that he has unable to say stand up to his father unable to say no about going to the school and then as soon as he gets out of that game and he has grown, you know, to face his, his father after facing Van Pelt, right, his father. He he hugs his dad and tells him he's sorry. He's able to go to that school, and he kisses the girl. He, he's over, he's able to move on to the next part of this chapter of his life because he stood up to his fear. Okay, fine. Okay. He gets sucked into a game. <laughs> They play a game, yeah. I know, uh, yeah. So, 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 so Sarah comes over to apologize for her boyfriend or friend. She doesn't really determine what he is, and they start playing a game and must be magnetized or something, right? So, what happens is they open the game, and as soon as they grab these pieces, these pieces automatically fly to their start zones, and you have to roll. And she rolls first, if I believe correctly, and Mm -hmm. she hears bats in the uh, chimney, but we don't see anything. He rolls, and he gets sucked into the game, because, uh, and the only way to get out of the game is if a player rolls a 5 or an 8, mm-hmm. and he is locked away for 26 years? Yep. Correct. 26 years later, the house is abandoned. Yep. This aunt whose brother died in a... Car accident, play accident, we don't know how, right? Did car, this, accident car accident in Canada during a ski trip. They were very specific. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, has Kirsten Dunst and what, Peter, who mm-hmm. unknown, I don't know who Peter is. Has he done anything since? No. Uh, no, probably not. Bradley Pierce is the guy's name. He's been, oh, he was the voice of Chip in Beauty and the Beast. He was in The Borrowers. Remember that movie? With yes, I do. Boy. Uh, he was also in a bunch of... Oh, he's a voice. Well, he's got a face for voice, voice acting, I can tell you that. <laughs> so we get these kids. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to sound like a jerk. I don't care about the kids, and I don't care about the aunt. And did was this like a Casper situation where it's like, 
this is the murder house, so we're trying to get rid of it, so we're going to sell it for cheap. Because that's the rumor throughout the movie is that Sarah was there to see Alan get sucked in a game when they were teenagers, but the rumor was is that the dad chopped him up into little pieces and put him in the walls. Mm-hmm. That's so, so this is classified as the murder house, if you will. Sure. Sort of, yeah. Right. So they hear the banging of the drums, banging of the drums. They eventually they find this game. Right, just like Alan and Sarah did, and now they're playing the game where I believe she rolls first. Mm-hmm. What comes Correct. out? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes comes out first, and second is the monkeys, which is Peter. Mm-hmm. But then they cannot roll again. No, yes, 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 yes. Peter rolled a double, so he gets a roll right. again. Mm-hmm. And and then when he rolls again, that's what gets Alan back into the real world. With a lion. With a lion. Yep. With a lion. Was Alan fighting the lion? Is that why they both got I'm sick? not quite sure. Okay. I was wondering that, how he got back. Gotcha. Oh, because yeah. it, because, uh, it, oh, so it, it was the five. It was a five. Yeah, yeah. It, it applies to the uh, previous, uh, I guess, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, applied act, active, yeah, the active turn that was right. Al, or Alan's. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm skipping a lot of filler stuff because I was bored, right? Because after Alan gets sucked into the game, that was like a big, whoa, moment, right? And then you get this, this what, 15, 20-minute setup before the game plays again. And my do- this is the part where my daughter's like, meh, meh, because it was so cool to see Alan in the bats. She wants to see more of that. Were you guys feeling that at all? That's uh, what are you talking about? We was I, I mean yeah I'm, I'm on to it, but you know when they flash forward to like present day, they're building up a story again. They have to establish who these people are. That they are the niece and nephew of Aunt Nora. That they got this house on a bargain. That their parents died, and that these kids are distant kind of troublemakers. Aunt Nora was able to do the amazing job of uh, cleaning that house up in a day. In a day. One day. I could do that. My, my wife said that. She goes, she did that in a day? I was like, I do, I, do, I do a lot of stuff in a day. All right, Jordan. Well, when we move, you can come over and you can unpack us in a day. Perfect. I'll have a great time doing it. Great. I'll be happy. I, I'll okay. Be happy right. to be. Maybe one or two, maybe like the front room and maybe like that, that, that first sitting room. Sure. In a day to look like that with furniture. She does an entire else. house, but that Allegedly. entire house. No way. We don't see her do the entire house. We do. She. Yeah. Okay. Time paradox. Number yeah, one. Yeah. We don't see her do the entire house. We it's see like... her do the main room, but. By the time the kids come home from school, yeah. the dining room is done. The kitchen is good enough that she can make an entire meal. The kids' bedrooms are set up. Maybe Multiple rooms have been done. Anyway. And these kids are not helpful. Actually, this is more fun. <laughs> so, uh, play the game mosquitoes, yes. So day one's done, and they're a uh, trouble at school already. And this morning, she's leaving to go to work. They're going to catch the bus, but... They hear the drums. They hear the drums. So who got in trouble in school? Kirsten Dunst, right? Yes. Sure. That's the one. Because Peter doesn't talk because right. he's sad that his mom and dad are dead. He doesn't talk to anybody except Kirsten Dunst. Because he's sad that his mom and dad are dead. Yep. That's, well, his, yes. that's his character development. That's yeah. just great. Sure is. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, we we uh, they they hear the drums. We get the mosquitoes. We get the monkeys. God, the CG. The the mosquito CG was decent. The, the monkeys was the worst one out of the whole movie. I yeah, think. they were not it's, good. They had faces and teeth. Bad. It was really bad. They smiled. Re- really, really bad. Um, and like I said, the next one's line. line was good because what they decided to do was they wanted to make an animatronic robot too and have a CG line. That looked legit. That looked yeah. great. I, I liked the line. Uh, Robbie Williams comes right out of Peter Pan and looking, looking wilderness here, looking great with a big beard. Um, I don't know what to say because the next thing I want to say is that he starts to shave, but that's not what happens. Um, this is this he, is where he catches this is, up. He runs around town and and sees that uh, for some reason this part of New Hampshire is now run by homeless drug addicts everywhere. <laughs> That's hilarious, right? This is so like uh, this is so like a Back to the Future two moment, right? Yep. Where it's like if something doesn't happen exactly this way, everything is this yeah you know, goes to crap. Uh, we have Trump Tower for the lock for the clock tower, that kind of situation. Um, and then he also sees that David Allen Greer is now a police officer. He, he, you know, he seems to be doing well. He doesn't seem like he has a future that's bad, right? He was a shoemaker. He developed this idea for a for a for a Nike before Nike, but now he's a cop. That's okay, right? No. Yeah, but he's got he's got to be a a cop in a small town when he could have been could like be a better. super cool shoemaker. What's the name of the guy who developed the Air Jordans? I don't know. You guys reviewed Air. Carl Bentley. Nope, that's <laughs> David Allen Greer in this movie. That's right. <laughs> My point exactly. I mean, he's better known as a cop, right? I don't feel bad for David so, Allen Greer. Uh, who, who, produced, okay. who produced the Backstreet Boys? You're the only one who knows that. Oh, but it doesn't matter, right? Because, you know what I mean? Like he, That's a creation that's going to change the yeah, world. Yeah, it's changing his life. You okay. don't, it doesn't matter if you know the name or not, Jordan. I'm just trying to get a point that I don't think him being a cop was a bad was a bad thing. Point. They could have done something better. They could have made him like a down out real estate agent, like Lionel Hutz. They could. He could have also been working at the at the safe a lot or whatever that thing. Yeah, was. that's what I'm saying. It's like something worse than a cop. It's a good job. The pension. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah. So um, they say to David Allen Career that. That Robbie Williams is their crazy uncle, and he he's seen war or whatever, and he sees that his uh his parents are dead, and the factories burn up, and there's a bum living in the factory. Nobody cares. There's bums everywhere. The nicest bum in the world, by the way. He's got coffee ready. Yeah. And a and 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 a fire, and and a loyal dog living and, in a sweet burned out factory, but a great office like shelves. Oh. He had a great, nice fireplace. He's got a bed. His a dog's there. Looks clean. Yeah. The, the bum gave the main character clothes. Yeah. Like, like, this guy was legit. I mean, some people nowadays would call that a flipper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah. So all this, and, and then eventually what, uh, Alan... Uh, they do the reverse psychology, right? So Alan's not going to play. He gets his shave on. We get, we get Robert Williams. This is the middle of the '90s. This was like, this was like his stinker time, right? This is when after he did Patch Adams, when he goes off and does Jack, 
in this movie, <laughs> right? If you remember, you're giggling because you remember Jack. Yeah, I, I mean, well, let me pull up Rebel, Rebel Williams because he was working in the nineties. Ninety-eight, uh, he did Flubber. I was gonna say there's there's Flubber in I, there too. Yeah, I mean, like he, it, and then he became like a serious Robin Williams kickstarting with like uh, what dreams may come, right? And then he did like Photo Booth. He did like those serious kind of movies, right? But in the mid nineties series, there's some stinkers. What movie are we doing again? Jumanji. No idea. Uh, let's see. This is. Okay, so he seems to be doing a lot of characters before this, right? Uh, Toys, Miss Doubtfire, Aladdin, Fern Gully, which we've done, Hook, uh, a lot of just just crazy Cadillac Man, uh, Dead Poet Society. Yeah, all all that stuff is like beforehand, but after that, he starts getting, uh, he gets Birdcage, Jack. Birdcage was Birdcage before this. Birdcage was after this, and I would say that yeah. after Birdcage is when the downfall really starts. That that's when Jack happens. Aladdin two, Hamlet. Remember he was in Hamlet. No. Father's Day, Flubber, Goodwill he Hunting. Was in Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? What dreams may come? Patch Adams. Oh, Patch Adams was in the late nineties. Ooh, Jake, Jacob the Liar, Bicentennial Man. Oh. Or that one? Okay. One hour photo. Okay, so, okay, okay, okay. So I was completely wrong then. So the so the early two thousands was the crap years for Robin Williams. Uh, if you're, what are you talking about? Like robots, RV. Yeah, it's pretty bad because Man because you year. said because like Flubber's Flubber's pretty bad, but Good Boy Hunting. I mean, I mean, like that's that's a great performance. So. I mean, that's Oscar worthy. Uh, yeah. What's what's the uh, license to wed? Okay, he was museum. in Hamlet. He wasn't like a main character of Hamlet. He was not Hamlet, for example. No, he, well, no, he was in Hamlet. He was in I mean, yeah. Hamlet. Technically, Schwarzenegger was in Hamlet too. Remember that? <laughs> to be yeah, or not, not to, to be? Not to be. No. Okay. Not okay. So, well, I mean, okay, there's so a, there's a lot of say. people in Hamlet, right? So, I mean, just to say, because I asked the question, is this the start of his downfall? Because he does Birdcage after this, which is a great film. Goodwill Hunting a few years later after this, that's a great film. Is this the start? Because he was not outrageous, like Eric said. I don't know what would you consider a down. This looks like more like a roller coaster, man. It looks like he's got some ups and got some downs, just like many other actors in Hollywood. Okay, fair enough. Well, it's just because I'm so. This is like the least Robin Williams part. Um, but they go and they get. He finds out that Sarah Whittle is now a grown. And by the way, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Gina did math. Did you guys do math for this? Keep just finish your Continue. thing. Finish your thing. He's our age. Oh yeah. And he looks like crap. Do we look like this? He lived I mean, in he lived Jumanji the, the, for yeah, 26 years. No, no, just in general. I'm like, was Robin Williams the actor too this age? No. Googling oh. right now. Uh, I'm just saying, probably. because he's he supposed was, to be... He was 40. Uh, he was 44. He was 44, 44 when he made this movie? When, when this movie this came movie? out. And he was playing 10 years younger. Because yeah. he was like 36. Yeah, because I think they said that they were like 12, 13 years old. And then he was gone for right. Gina 26 years. Like, yeah, we were yeah. watching the movie, and then Gina looks over at me, and she goes, do you know that he's supposed to be our age? And I was like, what? 
Why is it? Is this the Mandela effect thing? Why is it that when you're a freshman in high school, the seniors look like they're 30? And then when you're in your 30s, you don't think that you look like you're 30? That's just aging, man. It's just how life yeah, works. Yeah, it's just okay. life. Okay. That, that bothered me a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, if, if it helps, you could look at him in a picture. Look at him in Goodwill Hunting. He looks old than that. So they go to Sarah Whittle's house, who is a psychic, I guess. Yes. And she immediately doesn't call the cops. I want to paint this picture. Stranger, knock on her door. She goes, I'm not seeing anybody. And then she tries to shut it. Then Brian Williams puts his hand out. And he's like, don't you remember in 1969, you were playing a game with a kid and he got sucked in. And she's just like, oh, my God, I'm going to faint. Okay. Like. All right, and they bring her back to the mansion. She struggles a little bit, right? She says what a lot of people would say, like she tried to get out and escape in fun little moments. But then she, she's like, okay, fine. We'll play the game. Uh, no? That's, that's how guys, she deals with it, I guess, when you're having a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. I guess so. She was trying to tell, which is sick, by the way, <laughs> that she literally saw what we, because in the movie aspect, we can only see what she sees, Right. She she's paid thousands of dollars to 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 psychiatrists to get her to believe that she that he was murdered. Like I just God. Yeah. Well, it's it's easier to believe than he got sucked into a game. How she saw it happen. Right, but who else would believe that? And so everybody is gaslighting her and saying, "No, you're crazy. You didn't see him." You know, he just disappeared. What uh, I want to know, and here's where some questions start coming in. Okay? Yay! Okay. Excited. So, all that happens, right? Traumatic. Sarah mm-hmm. freaked out, chased by bats, out the door. Mm-hmm. Board game stays on the table. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's there. It's mm-hmm. in the house. It's still in the house. So, her story about that like, you know, the the board game is there. I I would think that any one person, even after a while, because of how ridiculous it is, might just have the curiousness to say, you know what, let's open it up and try it out. And they would probably get sucked into the game too. I ask. Then, because in that part, because this game seems to have powers focused on... Wait for it. Dun, dun, dun. Young people on children. Only kids can hear the drums. It seems to draw them in. And it seems that only kids can start the pieces. Uh, Alan and Sarah did it when they were kids. Well, actually, it was just Alan. He held up two pieces and it filled out two of them for him. Same thing with uh, uh, Judy and Peter. Um, they're two kids and they were chosen. The kids to... from the six or the 1800s, the two kids at the end. But you always have kids to have two people to play a game, right? Yeah. So kids, and kids, kids are more game. likely to play the game. Uh, so maybe the game and its infinite power, cosmic power, was able to kind of dodge the adults who just kind of ignored it. And that would explain why the construction workers didn't give a damn when young Alan went down there was drawn in by the drums to get the game. Because construction workers don't give a shit about anything. Excuse me. We're, besides, we're dealing besides with a... cosmic power is greater than, than we understand here. Uh, yeah. or, or nothing happens, and this was all an Alan's head. If the day is over, they're they're clocked out. They don't care. I, I, I actually firmly believe that nothing happened. This was an Alan's head. 
<laughs> this isn't some Ferris Bueller type of uh, analogy type of thing, right? Because other people are involved. Like Sarah was there. Right, right. But I, I, I still, I mean, I'm not being cheeky. Like, if that's the way you say that word. I, I really think all this is in Alan's head. Because everything from the point to when he gets sucked in the game until the end didn't actually technically happen. Or did it? Dun, dun, dun. All right, so game was there, and I guess it got ignored. 26 years later, uh, where were we? Um, they meet up. They get Sarah Whittle. She's having a freak-out moment. They trick her into playing with the, with the dice pass, right? right? And then they're off to the races, and, and they're in the game. What happens when she rolls the dice? What gets out? The, is it the vines? Uh, the uh, the vines get out, and then we get a straight. When they're like, the purple ones show up, and I think Kirsten does like, oh, those are pretty. And he's like, yeah, watch out for the yellow ones. And straight out from Little Shop of Horrors, or Tremors 2, right? Both, like the yellow, the yellow vine comes out. Uh, the yellow then, vine with fangs and fur. Yeah. Right, that one, that one. Um, and the next one is Van Pelt, but before Van Pelt, what Eric was saying was that Sarah is not going to want to play. So she tries to hand the dice over to Robin. Robin Robbins has his hands out. And when she drops it, he moves his hand. We've all done that because of this movie, right? Absolutely. Right. I'm just you know, making sure that we're on the same page now. And you know, because of that, here's a, here's the thing too, because I've tried that many a damn time. And I will tell you more than often than not, when that happens and you turn it, it usually will will get a get a you know side a piece of your hand there like a die will yeah. hit. So never that perfect. That's yeah. That's that's last never touch perfect. rules, right? We're we're playing out of bounds rules, right? That's. I'm assuming so. So so because Alan cheated, is the game punishing Alan, and that's why they're bringing it back. They're putting into the real world Van Pelt. No, I don't think the game sees that as cheating. I think it's just continue. It's a continuation of the game. Okay. He's, he's getting her to play, which is what the game wants them to do. So that you die. So you can't finish the game. Not well, necessarily, but everything that came out of the game besides the monkeys could kill you. Yeah, that's so, about the jungle. Right, but I'm just asking though, like, I mean, like, what's the part of the game? What's the end game? No pun intended. Like, I mean, like, does the game want you? Like, is, is the game punishing you for playing it? Is the game mad that you're playing so it wants to kill you? Or, or does it want you to go on these adventures to live? That's a valid question. I think you're overthinking it. You guys are the one that read the Reddit post. I haven't. You don't even know what we read the Reddit post about. So I would think that this game, because it's only appealing to children, is maybe helping with uh, kids who are traumatized in a way to helping them face their trauma to get over something and past it. How about that? There we go. I like that. If you're looking for a deep cut, a deep mm -hmm. kind of dig about what this is supposed to be, Jordan. That's oh, it. There, That's what this is all about. Well, speaking of deep cuts, Van Pelt, played by the same actor. This is a this is this is a choice, correct? This there yes. there's a reason why Van Pelt because he's evil, like his dad's supposed to be evil. I think it's uh, well. There's a part in the movie where he's complaining to Sarah about how um, why Van Pelt wants to kill him. He's like, oh, probably because you know he sees the worst in me, probably, and it seems like almost she's she asked him about his father, and he they gave him that answer. 
So I, I think that he views Van Pelt, this person who's constantly out to get him, as his father. Did they say in the cartoon why Van Pelt is after him? In the cartoon, Van Pelt is just an old-timey hunter. He's out there trying to find, uh, find the, the most dangerous game. So he hunts a grown man. The most dangerous game. Okay, so that's where he's straight from. He's straight from that book. He's straight from that stuff. That's what he is. Yeah, he, he is, with the pith helmet and everything, he is exactly what you would imagine, kind of that, uh, that sportsman to, to be uh, the, the deepest jungles of wherever. I, I went and I, I killed the beast. Yeah, type of thing. Okay. And I mounted it on me. Yeah, it has a kill room with trophies and, and everything. He's that hunter guy. Gotcha. So the the biggest part of the movie, believe it or not, that got the biggest laugh uh, because guns are so it's such a political thing nowadays, right? More than what it has been in the past. It always was, but you know what I mean. Um, the biggest laugh was when Van Pelt goes to the local gun store with this. I mean, he's walking down the street with this huge elephant cannon. Like nobody says anything. Walks into a gun store and the guy's just like. Oh, you want this big, high-powered rifle? You have to fill out all these forms. He just puts all these gold coins out, and the owner says, I can fill those forms out for you real quick, snap. And it's like, that's probably true nowadays. And just loads him up with so much equipment. That that got a laugh out of me, out loud. Uh, it was just funny. It was ridiculous. That was the, I, the I, real I part of the movie right there, Money Talks. <laughs> Yeah. The next point is uh, they're trying uh, the gang. I, I don't know. Uh, they they leave the house because of a stampede, I believe. Correct. Uh, stampede is next. And then that's where they get into the scary part of the mosquitoes. Right. Or is that? No, the mosquitoes are. Before. No, the mosquitoes are before they meet Sarah. Right. That was actually a cool thing with the mosquito trying to go through the convertible top. Mm -hmm. And then the mosquito trying to go through the. Um, uh, the windshield. Riley says to me, Daddy, why are those mosquitoes so mean? And I said, because they're Africanized. Jumanji is in its own area of the jungle in a made-up continent in a different world. I thought my joke was funny. She didn't get it. <laughs> Whatever. It, I think it's... She, she didn't get it. I thought it was funny. So we get the stampede, and then Van Pelt <laughs> goes after them, and then a, a, a pelican steals the game? It does. I thought a pelican was like a Louisiana thing. Uh, there's pelicans all over the world. Uh, but the New Orleans basketball team is called the Pelicans, not the East Coast team. I don't understand the pelican. I just, okay. Anyway, so a pelican steals the game. And this is also where, now, see, no, 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 hold on now. The game knows that you cheat, so the game punishes you because also in this time, David Allen Greer, uh, takes Alan to uh, is going to take him to jail, and then this is when Peter cheats. How? Oh, Peter cheats. Yeah. Yes, Peter yeah. cheats. Peter cheats because he was trying to put the dice the way he, so he could win the game. Mm -hmm. So then the game transforms him into a monkey. Why? Because I, I, he's cheating, and there's there's consequences yeah. to cheating. There's no rules that say that. The, the, there was there was two sets of rules. It's a rule in life. Also, the more you know, the great white pelican uh, lives in Africa. Hold if on. we're looking at Juman Jumanji being an African. You almost said Jumanji, you 30-something. Jumanji. Jumanji. 
Hey, how about this? Why don't you go? T- why don't you go play some Pokemon while you're at it? Okay. Hey, children. Yeah. I would like to say that. Uh, uh, oh man, what the hell were you saying before about that? It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, Jordan, for cheating, do you really need to have a game remind you at the start in the rule yeah. book? Hey, just a reminder: no cheating. And was, oh, uh, I, need, I need the game to tell me otherwise. I'm just gonna go ahead and just make up my own rules. So just saying, ridiculous. Just saying, ridiculous. Just saying. After this, we get into uh, what the dollar store, the 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 small town Walmart, the Piggly Wiggly, if you will. <laughs> um, this is where I had fun. You know, Van Pelt playing cat and mouse uh, with Peter, with Kirsten Dunst, and with Sarah trying to get the game back and forth. The little pew-pews of the silencer, nobody hears it. That's funny. Nobody of cares. Co- nobody cares. Everybody's looting. Everybody's looting because there's a stampede and there's monkeys. And a disease. And and on the radio. The yeah. Yeah. Multiple people have been... Uh, infected or stung or something by the mosquitoes yeah everything everyone everything's going crazy it's the end so, of the world as we know it days so this is what we should have done during covid people did do that during like covid it's called black lives matter <laughs> um so van pelt gets like uh, somehow, like, oh, what, what does Peter do? He he uses uh, a weight bench to put. I don't know what it was like. Was it air, yeah. yeah, like air can or something. He and pops Van the Pelt valves off it. those canisters. Thank you, thank you. And then Van Pelt does that h- hilarious scream that just got a big ra- laugh out of Riley. Loved that moment, right? Yeah, um, great moment. And then they all go back um, to the house, and this is where. This is where Peter uh, gets sucked into the floor. You guys don't have any other theories? We're That's waiting. What I was oh On my what? god, you're still waiting. Yeah. Keep, okay. We're gonna Keep get going. to this movie we'll, before we'll we, we get. To, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, well, okay. Well, Peter gets stuck in the floor. The spiders come. Right. Yes. Um. There's an earthquake next too. Yep. For some reason, the house gets split in half. Well, there's the he gets stuck in the floor from the quicksand, and then there is the spiders. I forget about the monsoon. Uh, we already had the monsoon. Oh, okay. we did. Yeah, I think so. The monsoon. When they got back in, this is before that they had the. Oh, monsoon, you're right. You're right. The monsoon happens once the, after the earthquake. Okay. And then okay. Aunt, Aunt Nora comes home. Um, and then yes, then there's the water, and that flushes everything outside. Okay. Then they go upstairs. And then they go back upstairs? And, and, they and that's up when Ben Pelt finds them. Right? And then it's Alan's turn and the movie ends? Yeah. Well, no, no. that's the, the, Yeah, because it's the quicksand. And then Kirsten Dunst gets shot in the jugular, a la oh, Will yeah. Ferrell style in old school with the purple. So she's dead, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, Peter's sleeping. Peter's still a monkey. And this is when Van Pelt comes in, and then just like Uno, once your character gets into the center, you have to say Jumanji out loud for everything to get sucked back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And and then him and Sarah share a kiss, and then while they're kissing, they go back to 1969. Hug. I thought they were kissing. It's a hug in the at that time. Uh, they okay. kiss later. It was a hug, and then they go back to 1969 like nothing happened. Yep. 
So then they decide to take the game and give it what do they what do they call the gangsters? Where they where they tie uh, concrete to your shoes and they dunk you. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, they just lost the joke on that one. Um, so they're gonna throw it in the water. Sleep with gonna, the fishes, like with the sleep, concrete slipper no, con- shoes. Concrete, yeah, concrete shoes. Uh, and then Sarah makes a comment. She's just like, you know, as 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 the minutes are counting, not in these words, but as the minutes are counting, the more and more about what happened, I'm starting to forget. You know, and then oh, we're never gonna forget Peter and Kristen Dunst and Judy. Jump, Judy jumps forward another 26 years. Now we're back to where the movie was in the future. Just before. Just before. This is the parish house. We are assuming it's not said. We are assuming that Robin Williams is now the CEO of Parish Shoes. We're assuming that his dad's retired. He went to the old boys school. Everything is great. He married his sweetheart. And this is where he meets uh, Judy and Peter's parents. They want to go on a ski trip. They both yell, no, haha, funny moment. They meet Peter and Julie. And Judy. They, whatever. And they ring in the ring in the holidays. So I, I went through all this because I want to hear these theories. So what are they? Okay, so, you know, a few minutes into the movie, uh, I asked the big question. Uh, movie starts in 18-whatever, you know, 1869. Right. Nice round number there. It's 1869, and these two boys are burying the Jumanji box. Mm-hmm. I said, wouldn't it make sense if Jumanji existed then, that there should be some sort of documentation of all of this weird stuff happening in this small town in New Hampshire, uh, you know, monkeys and elephants and rhinos and such, wouldn't there be some historical record of this happening? No, no, go ahead. So that led us to when, you know, Alan gets sucked into Jumanji, uh, the game sort of goes on pause for 26 years. Uh, Peter and Judy start playing it again. But when their version of the game ends, it all reverts back to 1969. So the theory is that when you finish Jumanji, everything that has happened in Jumanji or has happened in the game, all the stuff that has been released, gets sucked back into the game, and you go back to the minute when you started, just before you started playing. And that's typical for all games regardless if you get sucked into Jumanji so it could be a 26 year game it could be a three hour game it could be a 10 minute game um and that only the people who are playing remember so those two boys are the only two who remember in 1869 which would be why there is not a historical record excuse me of all these crazy things happening in a uh New England town in 1869. We have a time travel paradox in yes. Jumanji. I, I agree with everything you just said. That's that's a theory. I think the movie said that. No. It does not. It does not. So we have a few there's more. There's rules only on the two sides. Yeah. There's a, there's a few more uh, things to consider as well, too. So, like, what happens if two players, if both players get sucked into the game? Uh, what happens if Alan dies in the jungle while he's inside the game? 
is mm-hmm. his is his player eliminated from the game and is no longer uh, and is no longer able to continue right uh if you start on a saturday uh and continue playing for that monday and you can finish on that monday does it go back to that saturday we're assuming yes because of this logic if you start on a saturday afternoon and play into a saturday evening does it start into the afternoon again we have to assume yes because of the logic uh can you speed play which which is a, a thing that i was curious about if um four of us or three of us even all sit around and just quickly we're just rolling dice i roll read sarah rolls reads jordan rolls reads and we just keep on going back 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 until one of us quick gets to the to the top and yell jumanji is that a thing uh how long is the downtime from the resolved state to a new game. So when you complete Jumanji and you come back to 1969 and you're with Alan and, and Sarah, that game is what, what I consider a dead game into its reset, right? How mm-hmm. long before are you able to play a new game? Are you able to play a new I game think, again? I think it would be immediate. Yeah, it would be immediate. It does it, uh, but there's the logic of the game. Is does it only attack troubled or traumatized children? If their case is resolved on this, they're not mm. hearing the drums. So, are they able to again? I uh, no, I think, no, no. I don't. I don't think the movie's telling us that at all. Like I said, I think all this is in Alan's head. Um, here's another one. If, uh. That's such a case where the game continues on for 26 years. And then after you beat it, it comes back. But then after that 26 years, the timeline still is confirmed to be true because Peter and Judy still both exist, which the odds of that still happening within that 26 paradox is extreme that that means the parents have to meet again that means uh that let's say the creation of the paris new shoe line which is not created in the original storyline that we had seen is now taking place altering a lot of effects here it could be a lot the town has now changed does that mean that you know uh, the parents maybe how did that, that affect their relationship there's a lot to consider in that part a butterfly effect if you will okay all right. I'm going in, into the time travel part for. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like the time travel part. <laughs> oh, I. I never do. I go cross-eyed. You know this with Marvel reviews. Well, I think we need to watch Zathura they to get label, an answer. They label the universes, Jordan. They make it as simple as possible in Marvel. They label them: they, universe six one six, universe three one three, whatever. That's got to be like the easiest multiverse to follow. Even Kevin Feige said, "Yeah, we kind of we kind of need to stop on the Marvel and Star Wars stuff." My bad. Um, okay, so why don't you Made guys like too much money? I guess, huh? Right. So, do you guys not like my theory? This is all in Alan's head, then. No, I don't. Well, no. Okay, I can understand that completely because all of it would be uh, kind of a almost like a Green Knight effect, right? Where he got to see a life lived if he chose to be a coward in fear. Uh, Great reference. Right? And then he finally Great gets to, to stand up. And in that moment where he gets to finally become this this person who he wants to be, that stands up, he gets to live that life. He gets to go back and 
you know, be the, a, a life of fearlessness. And, you know, with that new courage that, you know, he's able to, to stand up and be a man. So. Because, because, like I said before in the beginning of the episode, is nothing that happens after Alan gets sucked in the game actually happens. Nothing. Correct. So it's like, it, it, how is that not in his head? But Sarah remembers all of it. So how does Sarah remember it if it's all in Alan's head? Okay, valid point. Yeah, we we have to take the movie at face value that that this was Alan and Sarah's game. No matter mm-hmm. what, that that's who started the game. It's their game. Judy and Peter along for the ride. Once the game is finished, of course, of course, uh, Alan needed to call out Jumanji. Then everything will go back to the way it was at that moment in time. Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, I'm just saying, I, I just don't like it. That's all I'm trying to get at. Is <laughs> I get it, I just don't like it. So, well, with that uh, said, Jordan, you want to keep going in a popcorn? I, I believe I want to give it a small, and the believe and the reason why I believe I want to give it a small is there was a point in time where. The movie came out, I saw in theaters in 95, right? Like everybody did. Um, and I remember liking it, and I remember going back to it once it was on VHS, you know, every time and then. But after after about a year or two, you know, like I kind of just got out of it, and I never revisited it since The Rock came out with it. So what? The last time I saw this was 97, maybe? Um, I thought a lot of it was boring. And... I wanted Robin Williams to be Robin Williams, and he, he kind of wasn't. And I thought he needed to be more of that. Um, and anybody, like we said at the beginning of the episode, anybody could have played these, these characters. Um, just, I don't You know, how about this? It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, and I don't know why yet. I haven't figured it out yet, but I just <laughs> didn't care for it. I, I just didn't think it was that great. It just didn't hit the way it used to so eric what is your popcorn rating for jumanji uh this is a solid medium for for me i still do enjoy this movie i I really do and i will uh really never talk it down i grew up with it a lot it has a lot of that charm it's just i i would agree with you it's just not like the most amazingest and in the difference between this movie and the newer ones is that this one the game is still very much the main character it's the threat Mm. it's it's what drives the movie where in the other movies it feels very much like the cartoon where it's all around the players and their interactions and their banter and and their challenges um they overcome the challenges by working with each other. Whereas in in this Jumanji game, it seems that uh, not necessarily that they're forced to work, excuse me, forced to work with each other, but more that it's uh, challenging you to, well, challenge your fear and do something else. So I I do like this adventure part. As a kid who always used to play board games and having that that mystery that mysterious part of where you roll the die and say oh no what's gonna happen next the unknown and have the game come to life that's always a fun thing for a kid i've always liked that uh but yeah the the back and forth was kind of silly in this uh even when i watched it as a kid it's just yeah it's just a solid kind of a movie you put on when you're having to drive three hours across town because (laughs) 
you don't want to go, but your sisters wanted to go, so you have to watch it anyway. And so, all right, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go, Dad, if we put Jumanji on. And so, okay, girls, you hear that? You're okay with your brother putting Jumanji on? Yes, Seth. Okay. Oh, yeah, but we could watch Babe after. Yeah, we'll watch Babe after. Jumanji, then Babe. And so, babe. Okay. Wow. So, a very specific memory for you. That's yeah, that was clearly. That's, that was a, that's a few years, a, a good chunk of my life right there was, was what you just heard right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, it's small for me, medium for you. Yeah, I think I said all I wanted to say about that. Oh, about the in the videotape, the um, about how it was got me confused because of the flyaway home reference. <laughs> Sarah, what is your popcorn rating for Jumanji? Uh, I'm also gonna give it a medium. I, I. I think I watch more kids' movies as an adult than you guys. I've revisited yeah. movies um, because I know I've seen this in the last 10 years. Um, and it's, it's a fun movie. It's, you know, kind of action-packed. Uh, it's light. You don't really have to pay attention to it. You can put it on the background. Um, I've always enjoyed it. But this time watching it and actually, like, I guess really digging into it and saying, okay, so how did this work? Do I care how this works? Not really, but it's fun to ask the questions and debate it. Um, so it's not, you know, the best made movie of 1995 or the best made movie of the ones that we have seen so far or will be seeing. Uh, but I think it's a fun movie. Um, and if you haven't seen the remake, give the remake a try too. And, you know, and, and that's the thing to close out the show is that if I did not have Movie Guys podcast goggles on, I probably wouldn't look for any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, hey, Riley, let's watch this movie that you used to love when I was a kid and, and yep. not pay attention or care. But I think that's the curse of Movie Guys, right? We've been doing this for so long that anytime we watch any kind of movie, no matter what, we kind of have those goggles on in a way, right? And uh-huh. it's just like, here it is. Oh. Sorry, if, if you had the VHS version of Jumanji and it has the first title of Flyway Home, which is called Flying Wild on there, then that you have now a rare collector's edition tape. This goes off of the trailer for Stepkids that I was trying to tell you about, and you were like, what are you talking about? From Terminator, from Turtles. That's right, man. Let's keep this this rare trend, this cult trend going I'm here. I'm telling you. I'm telling trailers you. Trailers of I'm... movies that exist, I promise you. They do. They do. We've seen it. So, yeah, that's just what it is for me. Eric, I'm sure you agree, because I was explaining to Sarah that we had these movie guys' goggles on. And reviewing something like this, you just kind of have to be like, all right, let's review this. So, But thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast for our nostalgia extravaganza. Two episodes left. Only two. Can you believe that? Time of flies. It flies away home. We got September, we got October, and then we got the series wrap up. Series wrap is not really a connect, it, I guess, but, you know, three. But still, though, only two more reviews left to go. Only two more. Can't believe it. This was a fun one for Nostalgia Extravaganza. I was glad about I miss this it already. I, I do. I do. Because it's nostalgia. There we go. But, like always, check us out at movieguyspodcast.poppy.com. Wherever you get your podcast from, we are on that platform. Thank you so much for downloading us and Erica Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me. And we'll be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night. When? Oh, buddy.
buddy, hold on. I, I actually will pull pull this up. I know we're at the start of the Recording. show here, but let me yeah. let me show you. This real would be quick. good. This would be this would be a good. Uh, uh Friday. You called me <laughs> once on Thursday, twice on Friday. And once was a FaceTime, I think. That's fantastic. I called you twice on Thursday? On Friday. Friday? Friday? Yep, at nine, that was you. So I butt-dialed you? On one of these oh. times, oh, here, was it? Oh, yeah, it was Thursday. Thursday at 525, incoming call, 19 seconds. Okay, so what it is, what it is, is... See, what had happened was is that your butt look, wanted to Holly. give me a call. Look at the phone. Look at the phone. Look at my favorites. Eric number podcast. one, if you guys... Number one is Gina. Number uh -huh. two is Eric. Number three is Lisa. So on and so forth, right? So sometimes, like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to click on Gina, but I click on Eric. Or I'm like, oh, got to call my dad and I click on it. Because they're so close to each Does other. Does that mean that subconsciously you think of Eric as your wife? Okay, I think we have enough material, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Better that than the dad, I guess. I'm sorry. I don't try to. I mean, to. If, his, if his finger slips, it's either no, he, actually, your mom or uh, your wife. So I take that all hey. back and edit it to this, Jordan. I'd rather be your daddy than your wife, I guess. <laughs> it's silly. Okay. Anyway, okay. Five, four, three, two, 